Welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Uh, this is Robin. I'm here with Adam and Marcy. Good job, guys. Woo! Um, Thanks. Got it right that time. Almost <laughs> <laughs> forgot. Um, tonight's episode is about second chances. It's a little bit different than our regular episodes. This one is special because we created a prompt, and the way it went was we each chose a movie that we thought deserved a second chance. Mm-hmm. Everyone probably knows a movie like that. <clears throat> one that you either didn't, or you saw one time, didn't like, saw it again, liked it the second time, or mm-hmm. one that you liked, but kind of the general consensus is people don't like it, mm-hmm. and we think yeah. it does deserve a second watch. Yeah. yeah. So Marcy has had a bottle of wine. Woo! So she's... Woo! Marcy. This will be the most talking she's ever done. Uh, we're gonna let her go first because we're gonna. We're gonna oh boy. That, we're gonna. Yeah. Don't want that buzz to go away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're not gonna stop that train while it's a rolling. So. Yeah, man, it might run run out by the end of the the, the podcast. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. So the movie that I want to discuss is The Decoy Bride. Now, the first time I saw this movie was on Netflix. It really, I don't believe, was released. Much else besides Netflix, at least not that I'm aware it's of. It's not a Netflix original movie. Right? No, no, it just kind of arrived on Netflix. Um, I'm, I, I guess I didn't really search as to whether it re- was released in theaters or anything. I, I don't believe it was, but I could be wrong. Um, but I wanted to watch it because it has David Tennant in it, and he's from Doctor Who. So, um... He, you know, I love him as an actor because I, I, I watched him in Doctor Who and I thought he was really awesome. So when I saw that he was in this Netflix, or this movie on Netflix, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, heck, I'll, I'll watch that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But um, people on the internet aren't so, <laughs> you know, aboard on this whole decoy bride train there's some people that have some very negative reviews of it um but for me honestly like as a lover of romantic comedies like it was a good movie to me like it had it hit all the like kind of romantic comedy kind of tropes like you know they don't like each other in the beginning (laughs) they grow to like each other um, they're forced into a situation where they have to spend time with each other, which makes them like each other. So, I mean, it hits kind of those, those romantic comedy notions where, where things happen and they end up falling in love. And some of the reviews that I read, people (laughs) thought that they didn't have much chemistry or they didn't, you know, it didn't come across as them liking each other, but it's like, at the beginning, they didn't like each other, and that was the point. So, for me, it kind of, kind of hit on the good, good points of that. Um, the characters in it, so, you have David Tennant, um, obviously, and then, yeah. Obviously. great. (laughs) He plays James Arbor, um, and then there's Kelly McDonald, which some may know her as uh, Helena Ravenclaw from Harry Potter, or from Boardwalk Empire. She was also on Boardwalk Empire. And then um, <laughs> Alice Eve is another big, big uh, actress, and she 
was apparently she did Men in Black three, um, and then she also did a movie called Before We Go, which is another like it's classified as a romantic drama, um, and I liked her in that one too. Um, and she she basically plays the character that David Tennant's character is supposed to marry, but of course like all these different situations make it so that. Um, she gets upset that there's this paparazzi that's trying to get her picture. And so they have to, of course, get a decoy bride who's played by Kelly McDonald. And thus, Kelly McDonald's character falls in love with David Tennant. Right. So, um, it's located supposedly on this beautiful Scottish island of Hague. Um, which actually reminds me of Ohio because they always... <laughs> they allude to the fact that the the weather changes so rapidly. It's like we're a big Ohio, joke. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't tell. Yeah. They, they're it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like the weather, then wait 20 minutes and it'll change and you'll <laughs> like it. So. Um, but overall, I, I kind of like felt like the characters were very like interesting and relatable. The songs, the, the entire movie really... <laughs> kept it lighthearted and what I look for in a romantic comedy is kind of like that lighthearted you want to escape reality you want to believe in love and I find that in this movie you know like there's so many like good quotes that I like <laughs> oh Adam I know right you just feel it I mean I know you haven't seen this movie but I, I feel like you know you get it I've like, seen it yeah um, I've seen it like a couple it. times. Yeah. Uh, this is one of Marcy's faves. Yeah. I love it. I've seen, love it. Love it. seen it quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so there's this, there's lots of different smaller subplots within this movie. So, um, in the beginning, Kelly McDonald's character, Katie, she's going through, like, this rough time. She just broke up with, um... Her boyfriend, who I, it seems like she was engaged to because she throws a ring over the boat. Um, but they still keep it kind of lighthearted because they use this, like, upbeat kind of, like, poppy type song. Music. Yeah, like, like, they don't okay. they don't ever make you feel sad in this movie, I feel like. They use a little bit of emotion, but, like, not a whole lot. It just keeps it kind of <laughs> like... She's going to, like, describe the movie frame by frame. I mean, yeah, I know. Here we go. Just, like, I don't have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, you know. It's left. a scenic view of Scotland. <laughs> Focus in Island on of Hague. <laughs> As it rushes through the water. <laughs> Breakfast, imagine it, haggis. And <laughs> you hear ridiculous pop music. But, you know, she's throwing this ring over this boat. I, I mean, spoiler, but she's throwing this ring. <laughs> it's like the first minute of the movie. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> um, but they're playing this, like, preppy, like, hot pop music, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's going to be okay, all that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the, the, like, reasons I like this movie is that, like, it, it, even though it's so lighthearted and everything, it touches on these smaller points. Like, for example, one of, uh, the characters who was previously in love with Katie, played by Kelly McDonald, um, mentioned he, this quote, he says, I wanted to grow old with you. You're beautiful and clever now. It's easy to love you now, but I'll still love you when the winds dried you out and when you're old and broken. Will he? 
like, touching on that point that, like, you know, love can last a long time. And, so, you know, that he'll, you know, somebody could love you until you're old and, like, broken and not as pretty as you were originally. And that's, that's beautiful to me, you know? So, it just brings out those, like, light heart, like, things that you want love to be. Those special, you know, things that you want love to it, eventually be for you. It makes love easy. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, and the other big point that I love about it is that David Tennant's character is in love with this beautiful woman, this he, he de even describes her in it as, like, ultra-beautiful, clever, nice, kind, amazing. But the point that you don't always belong with that person, even though they might be ultra-beautiful and amazing, you might not end up with that person. That might not be the person for you. That, that there's always somebody else that could fit you more, even though they might not be ultra-beautiful or... You know, they're, they're the right person for you. Yeah. And that's amazing to me that, you know... That's something I like about this movie, um, is that you, uh, you said it hits all the tropes. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it does. Mm -hmm. It hits quite a few of them, um, except for, uh, the bitchy current girlfriend. Ah, that true. Trope, where it's like, oh, it's okay <laughs> That she's gonna steal this guy from this girl, yeah, because she's a bitch. That's true. And this, and in this movie, she's not. She's not no. a bad person. There's no, no reason to hate her. Mm -hmm. Um, there's no reason. I mean, it's just yeah. She, he just likes this new girl more. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's kind of that's kind of a bitter pill to swallow, <laughs> but um, I'm, that's, they just fit better. Yeah. yeah. There's this really nice scene where um, David Tennant's character, James Arbor happens upon this house with an older couple that recognizes him, but doesn't recognize him as his writing, like, because he's a writer in this movie, but as a musician because he's dressed as somebody who they recognize as a musician. And they, so they, they give him this record and are like, you know, this is you, right? And he's like, oh, oh no. But they, um, but he, he ends up pretending to basically be this musician and kind of play these bagpipes for them because they kind of give him them. And he realizes that they're both deaf and that even though he's not playing, they're kind of hearing the music in their own minds and they're dancing and not even noticing that he's not playing the music. And it's this really, really sweet moment where you just have this older couple that loves each other and, and doesn't care that he's not the actual musician, that, that they're just dancing to this music that they remember. And that was really sweet to me. Do you think that's where it kind of stands out from other rom-coms? Do you think other rom-coms have moments like that? Have moments? <sighs> to be honest, I feel like that's the only one I've seen. I don't have the greatest of memories, though. But to, uh, that that's the moment that it really stands out to me, I think. This this movie, like, that moment really stands out to the, me. This movie, um, you know, when I watch it, it's really hard. 
I feel like when we watch it, we see it from a different lens than the people who watched it in the UK. Just yeah. Because, you know, it, uh, I mean, you know, it's just a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. You're browsing Netflix, you find, like, a, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll put yeah. this on while I fold laundry. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is kind of cute. Yeah. I really like this. But um, the thing about it is that it's so ridiculous mm-hmm. that it it's almost like, you feel like it's indulging fa- your fantasies from when you're like a little Ab- girl. Absolutely. Um, like this is definitely something I would have yeah. made up. When yes. I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> but what if I accidentally <laughs> married the man of my dreams when he yeah. was meant to marry somebody else, and it was such a laugh. Oh yeah. Such a absolutely. joke, and then we decided, oh, you know what? Let's okay. just stay married. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's. I mean, that's such a. <laughs> That I mean, that's a fourth grade Robin fantasy. Right oh yeah, there. like oh, yeah. I totally. Especially David Tennant. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's David Tennant. Like it's yeah, it's definitely not supposed to be the most realistic because, right. um, I mean, Alice Eve's character comes to this island thinking that it's exactly as her fiance <laughs> like described it, basically, and her. Her agent and everything have to come to the island beforehand and completely change this castle that's, like, you know, totally old and um, beaten down and everything. And they have to make it look as if it's, like, you know, new and and untouched, basically. And, And they even, they have this sequence where they change this castle... And it's very, like, you can tell it's, like, like so unrealistic. Like, you know, they, they just take pieces of it and, like, the, the grass gets cut, like, in a few seconds. And the towers, there's, like, two or three towers of the castle taken down. And it's all, you know, just power washed, basically. And it's, like, you know it's unrealistic. That can't be done within, like, a day or two. That's, that would take forever. But you kind of accept it in a way that you're like, okay, this is a rom-com. Like, it's not going to be super realistic. This is this is just kind of a fantasy type thing. But right. that's kind of the, the amazing thing about it. You get to, you know, take yourself out, out of reality and bring yourself into this fantasy world where these two characters get to end up together. Um, but have a little bit, you know, little points of like, you know, you want somebody that's going to love you until you're, you're old and worn and, and that they're going to love you forever. So that's why I enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And I, I think other people will enjoy it for that too. And it, what does it deserve? What does it deserve? (laughs) (laughs) A second. Marcia, <laughs> you're good. You did it. I'm gonna edit point. I call you the peak queen. <laughs> <laughs> Make a little crown. Like, yeah, queen of peak queen. I'm like, what? I can't. Oh my god. Should we do that again? No, it's all right. Okay. We're leaving it in. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Okay. Shall I go next? Or yeah, sure, next? buddy. All right. It's my turn now. Woo! <laughs> Saddle up. I'm going to adjust again because I adjusted last time. Yeah, the dis- technical difficulties. Technical so. difficulties. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm going to talk about Cars 2. 
for a minute. Let me lend me your ears. Boo! No. Now, excuse me. Well, here that's the thing. Most people would probably say that you're listening right now and saying, "What?" This is Cars the podcast too? where we, lo- we this is like our third one, so we're like starting to get this a couple of listeners. Subscribers like, we, we might we might have like one or two subscribers at yeah. this point, and yeah. then uh, and then they you say cars too, and yeah. they're gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna tell you why it deserves a second chance, shall we? This this movie came out in. Uh, 2011 mm-hmm. uh, was originally slated for 2012, but they bumped it up to 2011. Um, directed by, co-directed by John Lasseter and Brad Lewis. Um, it is obviously the sequel to Cars. What? <laughs> Cars? What's it? that? Um, it's a Pixar movie. Um, um, <laughs> no, not like, Disney. No, not Disney. Okay. Um, um, if you, if you. You'll notice in this podcast <laughs> that Pixar and Disney are very different yeah. in our minds. Mm-hmm. We they they get interchanged all the time, but it's wrong. And if you believe that, you can go ahead and unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they always say no, Disney Pixar, not Disney I'm Marvel. I'm Disney. Don't, yeah. don't don't unsubscribe. You should tell your friends to subscribe. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can't lose listeners, I Adam. I don't know why, why no. you keep telling people to unsubscribe. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so Cars 2 takes place pretty much right after the first one, but you don't really need to have seen the first one to understand what's going on. Um, there is a Grand Prix world race, essentially, that Lightning McQueen is invited to. Um, you know, he lives in Radiator Springs from the first movie, and it's kind of made his racing base there. Um, but he gets invited to this this world race by um, by who a character who I like to call the uh, car version of Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> so it's his car? <laughs> it could be. I mean, um, where's his name? There it is. Miles Axelrod is the name of the, the car that invites Lady McQueen to this race. And he is a, like a super advocate for uh, like alternate fuel, right? He's got a solar panel mm. roof. He's mm. invented this new kind of fuel that is kind of being advertised by the race. And, um, well, here, before I get too deep into the plot of the movie, let me talk about it a little bit outside of it. The, the, what a weird predicament cars must be in. When you think about it, mm-hmm. it's like, hmm, our food is bad for the environment. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> like, but we have this, to come up with alternative but food. They, they never talk about <laughs> pollution in the Cars universe. It's not important. It's then healthier. Then why does the... Wait, it's oh, it's healthier it's like, for the... It's like being okay. vegan. Like being vegan. Okay. <laughs> Which, okay. I mean, who wants to be vegan? <laughs> I know. Um, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just let you eat too much, okay? Anyway, anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, so this movie kind of originated from a deleted scene from the original movie where Lightning McQueen and Sally were going to go to a drive-in theater um, to watch a spy movie uh, with Finn McMissile, who's the who ends up being one of the main characters of the sequel because they kind of. He was going to be like a cameo, like, oh, look, James Bond, kind of. Mm. They brought him over into the sequel and made a whole movie out of it. Because John Lasseter said that he, as he traveled around 
doing research for other movies or, or whatever, just traveling for fun, mm-hmm. he always thought to himself, what would Mater do in this situation? Or what kind of antics could Mater get up to mm-hmm. here? Um, you know, John Lasseter, Cars is kind of his baby. It's his special one. It's the one that he wanted to make the most and why his, uh, you know, he directed the first one and co-directed the second one. And then the third one came out later on. Um, so, he, so he was always thinking about it and that kind of, what would they do around the world kind of spawned into this movie where the, as I mentioned before, the race, the world Grand Prix takes place over three legs in uh, different parts of the world. I believe it's Paris, Tokyo, and Italy, if I remember correctly. Um, so Lightning McQueen gets invited to this. Meanwhile, a spy plot is happening with Finn McMissile, and basically he's a British spy, and there's a conspiracy happening with the race and, and, and uh, Miles Axelrod. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Mater kind of gets sucked into all of this because <laughs> he gets mistaken for the American spy who they were supposed to meet up with, right? Um, so he gets sucked up into all this stuff. Antics happen. Meanwhile, the race is happening. Things are happening back and forth. Mater is supposed to kind of be Lightning's coach, quote-unquote, throughout it, and he kind mm-hmm. of gets sucked up. So he, you know, they argue about uh, what's going on. Mater's trying to say, like, oh, I'm getting... This other stuff's happening. It's important. No, the race is important. This, that. Mm-hmm. Their friendship kind of breaks for a minute mm-hmm. and that's really the whole that's the actual plot of the movie mm-hmm. is yeah. um, is how Lightning and Mater's friendship is tested by this whole situation and an, another uh, thing I discovered while researching the movie is that the original they were originally going to go with Doc Hudson's death and how it affected mm-hmm. um, how it affected them and how it affected yeah. Lightning McQueen's racing because he kind of became he kind of became their father figure or right. mm-hmm. his mentor. Yeah, by the absolutely. End of the, the movie, well, and, so. yeah, because then Paul Newman died between mm-hmm. yeah the movies. That and it's also implied that you know Doc Hudson's a really old car, so it mm-hmm. makes sense in the same mm-hmm. in the same way. Humans age; the old cars they eventually stop working. You know, mm-hmm. same kind of deal. So, but but they decided to they decided to go away from that because they didn't want to make it super All sad it's a, yeah it's a, right it's a, it's a movie about cars they want to sell toys mm-hmm. i mean honestly that's really what what's going on here but so that all happens and then you know at the end of the day everything's okay why do you why do you like this movie mm-hmm. i personally like this movie I, well i should preface that i really enjoyed the first cars i know it's not mm-hmm. that many people's favorite pixar movie and i can mm-hmm. agree that there are definitely better ones mm-hmm. finding nemo toy story you know, just to name mm-hmm. two of them. But I personally really liked the original Cars. So I was excited to see Cars too, And I went into it kind of like, yeah, more more of this. And that's that's what I got, you know? Um, yeah. There's, I mean, obviously it's not, not as deep of a story or, or mm-hmm. character building because there's yeah. no, there isn't as much of a character arc for Lightning McQueen because he yeah. had the biggest... Mm-hmm. in the first movie so oh, I'm sorry no go ahead um 
so would you say that it's on par with any other, are there any other Pixar movies that would, you would say it's on par with? You know, this doesn't help my argument, but probably oh. not. What about, <laughs> what about, let's pick another sequel. What about Finding Dory? Well, in my opinion, uh, people might get angry at this, but I wasn't hugely into Finding Dory. There, mm-hmm. there were great parts. Baby Dory is adorable. Oh yeah, I mean, like, adorable. Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, I found the film forgettable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it, no, I, I'm not even joking. Pete that's Sherman, the what, no. I mean, that, that's what I mean. Like finding Finding Nemo is like, like yeah, like it was gold big. status, man. Yeah. But um. But it was, you know, Funny Dory was all right. It had some good characters. I look back. That's why I picked whatever. that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I thought this might be a good one to compare it to yeah. because no. it doesn't get nearly as much hate as Cars mm. 2. No, um, true. But it was underwhelming. Um, yes. It was over the top. It was mm-hmm. incredibly... It felt, think, it felt unnecessary. Yeah. I think the reason for that might be because of the characters. I think people love Dory... Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. much, that's a lot of people's favorite character. I go to the zoo and there's a you know an aquarium. You see that blue tang mm-hmm. in there. Look, it's Dory every time. Yeah. Yes. So you 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 that's a character that just sticks with people. Mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres did a fantastic job. Oh yeah. So I think that helped Finding Dory a lot, but not as many mm-hmm. people connected with Lightning McQueen or or. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Mater. Um, not that they did, not that Owen Wilson or Larry the Cable Guy did a bad job there mm-hmm. either. They, they're they great. Yeah. But um, they didn't stick as well. The mm-hmm. toys maybe stuck, and that's maybe why they wanted to go with a sequel, because cars mm-hmm. are toys already. They just slap a face on it. Mm-hmm. Boom. You can upcharge because it's, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. get that cynical. Um, <laughs> don't make a face about it. <laughs> She made a face about it. I did here. not. I You absolutely did. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, why not be that cynical? It's exactly what they're doing. I mean, yeah. they are. They are. Yeah. It's true. But I'm trying to say why this movie is <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying sorry. to say why hey, it's still a decent I just, movie. Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, you get the, the characters that you love. Like, I yeah. mean, if you think about Car... Like, I, I watched the original Cars, and I really enjoyed it. And Tomater was a really... Cool wow, character. Full name. Full name right there. Damn. Oh, yeah. Tomater. I mean, Tomater was my father. Oh, <laughs> That's the name of his business. <laughs> I, I enjoyed his character. It was lovable. It was cute. It, you know, he brought that needed, like, really com- comic relief. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to Cars 2. Yeah. They're friends, you know, <laughs> at this point, and, um... When it comes to this really big one of a kind race, it's in the movie. It's the first annual uh, World Prix, mm-hmm. World Grand Prix. So it's the first time it's ever happened. There's this really assholey Italian F1 car. I forgot his <laughs> name, but he's 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 like what Lightning used to be. Mm-hmm. And him being that way is kind of bringing some of the bad back in Lightning. Mm. So he kind of gets that attitude. He's like, this race is important, Mater. Why don't you understand? Mm-hmm. But Mater's still his goofy self and kind of embarrassing Lightning because they go to these fancy parties and all these mm-hmm. things between races. Um, so he's embarrassed and they kind of butt heads. And, you know, that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. But 
why I believe this movie deserves a second chance, my argument is that even though it's, I, I have to admit that it's probably Pixar's worst movie, mm-hmm. um, at least a, a lot of people's opinion, mm-hmm. it would be their worst one. It's the only it's the only one to never be nominated for an Academy Award or for Best Animated Picture it in was the a, history of that award. I think it was it was just the first one. I think there might have been one since then. That since then, maybe maybe, but <laughs> but it, back when it came out, it was the only Pixar movie to not be nominated for Best Animated Picture in the history of that award. Wow! Like wow. ever since best animated picture became a thing there's always been a Pixar movie nominated for it mm-hmm. anyway that's not helping my argument <laughs> um, but even though it is that it's still a Pixar movie mm-hmm. Pixar is amazing they do fantastic work they make incredible stories and they know how to animate mm-hmm. really well you can tell the difference you know, so the, the lines are blurred in a lot of people's minds, but like I said before, we definitely separate the two. Mm-hmm. And my argument is, even though it's a bad Pixar movie, it's still above a lot of other movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a bad yeah. Illumination movie, a bad mm-hmm. Sony Pictures <laughs> movie, a bad Disney movie yeah. mm-hmm. is king-like. Mm-hmm. Be bad. Yeah. I don't know who made Norma the North, but yeah, who? Yeah, where does it rank between Finding Nemo and Norma? Between the North? Finding Nemo and Norma the North, I put it next to Finding Dory. I guess that's yeah, really Finding right. Dory. That's you, yeah. You, you pretty I mean, much nailed it. Thinking about you, Finding Dory, if you still mention it, people know what it is. They yeah. they have a general idea of I what mean, it's about. I mean, it's, most, it's succeeded, for the most part. It succeeded at the box office. It mm-hmm. became yeah. the seventh worldwide, the seventh highest grossing. Uh, Pixar movie mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. and it's now been bumped down to 11s because of the other movies that have come mm-hmm. out since but um, but at the time it did well enough and we got a, we got another Cars movie yeah um, yeah. so it, it obviously made enough money true, plus right? you make more from the mm-hmm. merchandising and all that stuff but there are there are bad other spe- I'm talking specifically animated movies in my case but there are bad animated movies out there that mm-hmm. are just rough. <laughs> you know, they go straight to DVD or like, you know, are in the mm-hmm. theaters for a, for a second and then they right. go to DVD, mm-hmm. right? They try to salvage what they can off the DVD sales. But Pixar has such a high bar. They've set, they've set the bar so high for animation that even when they trip up, it's still higher than everyone else, pretty much. Very so. Good. You, if you went if you went into this movie without any bias of oh it's Pixar's blunder or whatever mm-hmm. this movie still holds up as a good movie it's worth watching it's got funny moments it's got some heartfelt moments it's not one of those like like stab you in the heart <laughs> Pixar moments you know classic mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. but um, but there are some moments there and if you really like these characters you'll feel it a little bit you know. So I really enjoyed this movie. It's worth a watch. If you haven't watched it before, watch it. Marcy, I'm looking at you. <laughs> um, you haven't seen it either, though, Robin. Dang it. <laughs> watch it. We're, um, that's the one yeah. we're on for the Pixar. For our Pixar list. Our Pixar yeah. list. Well, let's let's get to it. Yeah, it's the only yeah. one let's I have Let's get Cars seen. to it. 
Um, and I have Cars 3, ooh. so then... I know, and that one I actually haven't seen. Oh, which so. I, I'm yeah. talking about. I just watched it recently, so well, there you it's go. pretty good. I hear, I hear it's better than 2. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I don't know, because I haven't seen but two, if you but have it's seen pretty good. It, if you have seen it and you didn't like it, then give it another try. Mm-hmm. Don't don't look at it as the bad Pixar movie. Just try to just go into it as like, oh, it's a sequel to Cars. Let's see what uh, Mater and Lightning get up to this time. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's good stuff. It's got the spy plot is is like actually really good, and I mm-hmm. I didn't personally see it coming um, because there are there there's a there's a there are a couple characters who are like, you know, there's that obvious red flag or red herring uh mm-hmm. character who's like oh they're they're they look so evil they're not going to be the villain because they're <laughs> trying to trick me you know but <clears throat> excuse me there's that and then there's the oh it could be him he's trying mm-hmm. to you know it's not really but and then there's another one who i was like oh shoot it it did end up being them so Spoilers. So it got me a little bit. Oh. <laughs> well, I say I don't think okay. I. You're fine. No, you didn't. You didn't. Remember. Maybe at the beginning it's I okay. did. Sorry. Spoilers, nah, anyway. nah, nah. You should still watch the movie. I mean, no one's gonna watch chance. Cars two, Adam. So it doesn't matter. Come on. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm gonna get closer to the mic for a second. <laughs> Just between you and me here, I want you to watch Cars two. It's worth it. I promise. It's only it's only like an hour and a half, probably less. You're not gonna. It won't ruin your day. Does, like does you it deserve a second absolutely chance deserves a second chance, chance. <laughs> and a first chance as many chances as it takes you right. watch deep point bride marcy right, will watch down. yes absolutely. yes shake on it all right yeah. here we go all yep. right deal all right okay all right so now next so we have it, uh i guess it's my robin's turn here we go what movie head, do you have real heavy us? hitter coming up yeah. <laughs> no step up to the plate um so the movie that I chose is a series of unfortunate events from 2004, starring Jim Carrey. Um, the reason that I picked this movie because if you on the surface you look at it, uh, you know I have like the the scores written down here. It's <clears throat> um, <laughs> just the glasses. Yeah, six, <laughs> yeah, six out of ten IMDb. You know it's whatever. Um, Seventy-two Rotten Tomatoes. Those are not horrific scores. Those no. are not really bad. Those are I've seen thirty percent Rotten Tomatoes, ten oh, yeah. percent, you know, yeah. movies that I've seen. So um, it's not, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't the worst received movie. No, um, I chose it because I loved the books, a series mm-hmm. of unfortunate events, mm-hmm. and the people that I heard that hated this movie were mm-hmm. book lovers. Ah. Yes. And there will be a different episode Classic. where we talk about books being made into movies and, and mm-hmm. that kind of, those kind Big of problems. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, and this will kind of overlap into it a little bit. But the reason that I'm saying that this movie deserves a second chance is because every time I speak to somebody who's a fan of the books, they say, did you see the movie? Mm-hmm. Don't watch the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie is terrible. Yeah. And I disagree. Yeah. I actually don't think the movie is bad, and no. that does that seems to be kind of a tough uh, stance. To <laughs> um, because I, uh, you know, you're looking online, you can see I I found lots of articles that said things, especially because the Netflix show came out, and when the Netflix show came out, a lot of articles said things like, "Hey, here are all the ways that the Netflix show succeeds where the movie failed." You know, is mm-hmm. common 
you know, those comments saying, oh, mm-hmm. the movie was terrible, here's, you know. And generally, the reviews that I read that were positive weren't from a book standpoint. They were just, oh, as a movie, it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. As a Nickelodeon Studios film. And at one time, this movie was the highest grossing Nickelodeon Studios film, mm. but then was surpassed by the worst movie ever made. What we won't movie? say its name. Oh. But you should know what it is. We do not speak it here. Oh, it is the oh, worst the worst movie that's right. of all time. Now. Okay. Yes. We shall not speak its name. No. It's below Norma the North, but we can't say it. We can't, we can't, yeah. It's <laughs> the so, movie that must be not be named. Why, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um anyway. So uh this movie uh came out when it came out, they based it off the first three Lemony Snicket books. And uh, when they first started creating the movie, uh, they, uh, the, the first director that was signed on to do the project is the guy who directs the show now. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the guy who wrote the books, Daniel Handler, Lemony Snicket, mm-hmm. he was supposed to write the screenplay. Mm-hmm. But because of budget problems, they had to leave the project, and it was turned over to somebody else, and things flipped, you know, kind of flipped totally, mm-hmm. and it's totally different. If you read the books, this mm-hmm. movie does not follow the books very well. Mm-hmm. And I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same bait. But the, the thing is, though, if you watch this movie and kind of look at it as a film separated from the books, kind of in the spirit of the source material, but not mm-hmm. necessarily reflective of the source material, it's a pretty good movie. It mm-hmm. has very much the same themes as the book. Um, the idea that the world is not perfect, adults do lie to you, mm-hmm. children are smarter than people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these are these are things that are in the books that are so important to the story and do not get lost throughout the film. So, because those things are there, I really I would really hate to set it aside and say, well, this is this movie's. Mm-hmm. bad because because <clears throat> there are certain scenes in the books that aren't in the film no and and that's it, it is a little they do change endings there there is because what they did was that they rounded out the film so that it could stand alone mm-hmm. even though they planned to make more of them right. and that just didn't work out yes. um but they what they did was they rounded out the story so it made it seem like ah you know one by itself will be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they had to do because mm-hmm. they they weren't able to continue onward. So um I'm not gonna go over the storyline. Um it's very easy to find. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Netflix, the the T V shows and the T V show, by the way, very good. Mm-hmm. I I very much enjoy the T V show and it is it is much more true to the books than the movie is. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. However there are some things that I do think that are better in the movie than are in the show. Mm-hmm. For example, I think Jim Carrey is a better Count Olaf. You can fight me on it. Uh, I, oh no. I'm not necessarily saying he's a better actor, but I do think... Mm-hmm. It's hard to compare the two right. anyway. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. So, yeah. They, they're so drastically different. Yeah. yeah. The way... And this is totally not even the actor's fault. Um, the way that they're portrayed from one medium to the other, because you guys watch the shows? You guys watch the show? Uh, I at least watched the first season. Okay. So Mm -hmm. Count Olaf in the show is a lot more whimsical. Yes, I would agree Um, with that. And this is, 
this is the the, the, the thing. Kamaloff is an incredibly complicated character. Oh, absolutely. One of the most, I mean, I, I've read a, a few books, and Count Olaf is one of the most complicated characters mm-hmm. um, that I've ever read. He is just insane. Yeah. Uh, he's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in the show, um, okay. they kind of explore more of his whimsical... Um, side the the singing the performing, uh, and these are things that he does do in the books. Mm-hmm. So it is not necessarily untrue. It's kind of you know it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But he's almost more laughable in the show than he is in the movie. Yeah, and which is which is weird because Jim Carrey's a comedian. Yes, and so some people you know watching Jim Carrey's performance, it was like okay, Count Olaf was not this ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, where it, he's not really whimsical, he just <laughs> kind of goes off on these crazy tangents, mm-hmm. he does weird impressions and kind of stuff like that. He doesn't sing, really. The, there's really almost no singing mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. Uh, but the thing is with Count Olaf in the movie is that he just feels so much more evil. Mm-hmm. And to me it just seems... I have a hard time believing Neil Patrick Harris when when he kind of tries to flip that switch as Count Olaf. Yeah. Being, going from being like funny and singing and ridiculous mm-hmm. and then he kind of, okay, well now let's murder somebody. Yeah. And because that's exactly who he is. That's Absolutely. the character. And that's what, you need, that's what you need to master to play the character. Mm-hmm. And I think Neil Patrick Harris does a wonderful job. But I do think Jim Carrey did a better mm-hmm. job. Because... What he was able to do was he was able to kind of just, even when he was being insane, mm-hmm. he was constantly tethered to being evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had this kind of, just he had this really menacing quality to him. You know, there's this scene in the movie where um, he just he just smacks Kloss in the face. Mm-hmm. Just because. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's just like, and that's, you know, and Violet says, you're a monster. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and he's just, and he's just like, what did I do? I don't even, mm-hmm. you know, like he's just, yeah. he's just insane mm-hmm. and just violent and awful. Yeah. And there's just such a darkness about mm-hmm. him that Jim Carrey really brought through that I feel like is missing in the show. Yeah. That's probably one of the only things that. Like maybe combine the two portrayals of Ken Olaf and you have the perfect version. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he is, it's, near the end of the books, you almost feel a little sympathetic toward him. Mm. Um, even though he's, you've been watching him do nothing but murder people. Mm-hmm. The, because he does murder people. Oh, absolutely. And, like, they only allude to it in the books, I right. believe, right? Well, they, um, there are been... some, there are some, like, he pushes a woman into a pit of lions. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I, I, I've just Jeez. only begun rereading the books. Well, that's that um, the movie. Yeah. Where they kind of <laughs> yeah. they kind of just allude to it currently because I think yeah. I'm only on like the third or fourth book, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, no, he. Um, the thing is, is that he really is. He really is, is a picture of a villain, mm-hmm. and and that was the thing because the there are so many great things about uh, the books. Mm-hmm. That made me love them so much, mm-hmm. and because I read them at the perfect time, I read them at, oh, yeah. at that I was the same age that Klaus was in the book, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know, this is this is the time to read these. This is yeah. when, and um, they really they resonated with me so deeply, 
And one of those things, and, and there's a spirit in them that the movie really brought together, mm-hmm. which was, you know, the the theme of family. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as we're together, we have our family, mm-hmm. and we're going to be okay. Yeah. And that, you know, that's a big theme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other theme is don't rely on your parents. Don't rely on your mom. Don't rely mm-hmm. on these. This is, you. these people, at the end of the day, they will be gone, and you need mm-hmm. to rely on yourself, and you need to figure out how to get things done. And And that is kind of... It's uh, those are really tough lessons to teach children. Oh yeah, and the movie does it. The movie mm-hmm. bring brings it up. They you know they show you, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it because it begins just like the books begin, and it begins just like the show mm-hmm. begins. Hello, hello, clever, <laughs> wonderful children. Your parents have died. Yeah. You never meet the parents. You just mm-hmm. know that oh they're gone. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's then there's just like this. That's how the whole thing begins. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> The, the most wonderful thing I think about all of these different iterations of it is the fact that they're they're teaching you. And even in the books, like, they're like, yes, you're clever and everything, but we're also going to teach you the, mm-hmm. the definition of this word. Like, if you don't know it, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it in the story yeah. here so you know. And they, I think they did that really well within both the movie and the TV show. But... Overall, like the entire thing, it's it's teaching children, which is really an awesome idea. Just yeah. like putting these definitions s- kind of sneakily <laughs> in, into these kids' minds, like yeah. without them even really realizing it at first. You know, like the way the story is told, it, it kind of like gives you these definitions without yeah. you even thinking about it. And I, I really like when I think about the set design for the movie versus the show. I think the show set design is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it timeless. It makes it seem like it doesn't actually take place in any particular time, yeah. in any particular place. But in the movie, it's very—I want to say her clo- <laughs> like Violet's clothes are like very steampunky. You know what I mean? It's like oh, everything. Yeah. Everything's mm-hmm. really dark, mm-hmm. and it's really, and I love that look. Oh, and yeah, I think kind of in like all twisted, yeah. right? Kinda, but and I read that not it was like Tim Burton twisted. But. Yeah, the Tim. Like his set designer, like his, that he used for yeah, a lot of his similar. movies, did it? Did mm-hmm. he? He was the set designer nice. for this movie. So, you know that is you know this kind of like it, it really matches the style of the books mm-hmm. too. And the one thing that and the show isn't over. There's one last season. Okay. The one thing that I I love that they added in to the movie that wasn't really in the books. Okay. Is there's this scene where Count where everyone discovers, all the adults discover that Count Olaf is a monster. Mm-hmm. They, they discover that he's evil and that the children have been telling the truth. This does not happen in the books <laughs> until much later. Oh yeah. It is incredibly frustrating. It is very hard. I was watching the movie or watching the movie, watching the show with my husband mm-hmm. and he cannot handle <laughs> The fact that no one believes the kids. Yeah. And it's because they're trying to drive it home. You know, that you need, it's like no one does. No one, yeah. you know. And that's the whole thing. And it's so like, unbelievably frustrating. And in the movie, there's this scene of gratification where Count Olaf shows his true colors to this crowd of people. And they say, oh my God, he's a monster. Mm-hmm. Let's get him. Mm-hmm. And Count Olaf says, I'm the monster? No. These children tried to tell you. Yeah. But you didn't listen. Mm-hmm. You're the monsters. And, like, that's... It's awesome because 
they didn't need to make more movies. Mm-hmm. That that was really because they had that in the first one mm-hmm. and the only one. They didn't need to make any more no. because that was that's the part that sums up the whole thing anyway. <laughs> and it's the most gratifying yeah. part is that you know it's finally like look. But in the books, truly, that moment never really comes. And what it is is the kids end up just having to just survive on their own. Mm-hmm. It just tur- They turn to adults at every moment. Mm-hmm. It never does it work for them. No. There, there are a few faces that turn out to be okay, but never does it work out. And that's, the, that's, and that's how the movie is so unique. Mm-hmm. It's so uniquely different than the books. And it is oh, yeah. not connect. If you look at it, as its own entity and not as something that really is connected to the mm-hmm. books or as canon, then it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. I don't look at it as canon. Mm-hmm. I don't think that those things that happen, you know, actually, you know, that, that it's a whole separate thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I enjoy it a lot more. Because <laughs> um, it kind of takes everything that was so great about the books and puts mm-hmm. it into the movie is what you're saying. Right. Like, uh, all those ideals that you mm-hmm. want to take from the books. Yeah. You think they just got right. But in instead, and but the one key difference is that what I was saying with, with Count Olaf's speech mm-hmm. is that in the books, the children are their own heroes mm-hmm. and no one else, no one else is a hero, it's the children. Yeah. And in the movie, the end of the movie, what happens is the reason they get to move on and, and mm-hmm. things kind of move forward and it's, everything seems to be all right at the end of the movie is because the adults realize that Count Olaf is a monster and mm-hmm. they re- apprehend him. And so that that is such a, that is a big key difference because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, the, the adults are actually worth something, finally. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when, <laughs> uh, they, I mean, that's the thing. It's so frustrating. Yes. When you're watching the show, when you're reading the books, because mm-hmm. it's like, it, but it's just, you know, that's just, that's the thing. They can't rely on the adults. Mm-hmm. So this is a movie I think that deserves a second chance if you love the books. If you just try to look at it from a little bit of a different perspective. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of movies based on books that are garbage. Um, for <laughs> yes. example, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oh, yeah. Oh, but what about yeah. the Skeleton Army? I, skeleton Army! I cannot... <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> Check it out, everyone. Oh, wait, no. No! <laughs> Don't watch it. Read the book. Please read the book. Please read that the one's book. a real shame. Yeah, it, it is had, a real It shame. had, like, the setup. It had so the potential. Disappointment. Yeah. No, that was... Oh, God. I'm sure we'll take another podcast to talk about oh, that. Oh, we will. And the books. Yeah. But, yeah. um, so, yeah. Second chance, then. Yeah, I you, think, yeah, it deserves a pretty good, pretty good second chance. And one thing that's really fun is to watch the movie and then watch the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you can see how some scenes really actually line up with each other ah. pretty well. And, uh, you know, you can see how they kind of borrowed from... Would you say that um, the first season kind of covers the same as the movie? Or does the se- yeah. season one go further than the movie It goes. Did, it or? goes one book further than the movie. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry. The movie never got to the miserable mill, okay. so that they went one book further. Um, and I read the books, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the books are. I'm always gonna think the books are the best medium because that's that's the true. That's the first medium. It's the oh, yeah. true medium. So I'm gonna think that that's the best way to but this is a movie con- consume the content. <laughs> but yes, I'm just kidding. the yes. movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, the movie is very, very good. 
Um, one thing, like, sorry, one last thing. Uh, the score in the movie is done by Thomas Newman, and it's mm. perfect. I love him. He's a good composer. So. I, um, I just wanted to say um, that this particular movie was one of my second chance successes, I guess <laughs> I would call it. Um, I did not like it the first time. Or, or I guess I was indifferent about it the first time because I, I've never read the books ah. and I just didn't, it was like, I was like, oh man, I don't like Olaf. I don't, this is, this is, this is horrible. And I just, it, you know, it didn't stick with me much, but coming back to it now that I'm older and I saw it again, Robin, you showed it to me again. Yeah. You were like, please just give it a shot, which is kind of where this yeah. topic stems from, you know? Yeah. And She's, she's absolutely right. Watching it the second time, it all made much more sense to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it is a good movie. Absolutely. And, yeah, that is, because people who watched it that were our age at the time just seemed to not really like it very right. much. Yeah. Exactly. And, because I knew a lot of people our age that just yeah. said, you know, I saw it, but I just I didn't really like it, and... And I'm like, watch it as an adult, because yeah. yeah, there's so much in it. Coming off of reading the books, like obviously you're not gonna like it. A lot mm-hmm. of the times, like lately, there's a lot of books that are made into movies, and and you're obviously not gonna like all the movies right away. But if you you know some of them, you should probably give it a second chance because like this one, it it is it is very good on its own. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you one of my college roommates, Jesse. Same thing. She didn't like it. I made her watch it. Mm-hmm. I forced her to watch it. <laughs> there, were, to a chair. there was a yeah. It, it was a day when we weren't allowed to leave our rooms because there was a there was an event on campus that was um, asking students to stay in their rooms. Um, and uh, perfect. That's my yeah. Chance. So I <laughs> you ha- so I said I put it on. It. I said you must watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. She was very reluctant, but then she did. She did enjoy it a lot. So. Ah. So give it another chance, and yeah. maybe give the decoy bride a chance. Have a little bit of a movie marathon, and, and if you cars too, yeah. and if you can think of yes, and cars too, and if you can think <laughs> of a movie that you think deserves a second chance, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe um, it's a movie we hate, and we'll rewatch yeah. it. Just as an honorable mention here, I uh, when I was trying to decide which movie to do, my other choice would have been The Princess Bride, and I know a lot of people love that movie. <laughs> it's Marcy's yes. favorite it's movie. It's Marcy's favorite yes. movie. Um, and actually, um, my sister's husband, one of his favorite movies as well. Mm-hmm. He loves that movie. Yes, there's and, a lot of guys um, that love when it. When I when I watched it the first time, I I'd say I just wasn't in the mood. <laughs> you, I mean, he wasn't. He no. I knew it. I told yeah. you. I said you just you didn't like it because you decided you didn't like it before just, we watched yeah, this. Yeah, I I can admit now <laughs> that that was definitely what happened. We all have movies because like that. Because watching it the second time, what, yeah. why did I not like this movie? And it's um, it's one of those movies that we quote all the time, mm-hmm. so it really stuck with us. I remember I was so I was That's so disappointed that you didn't laugh at the peanut line. I was so I sad. Line. Such a good line. The... No more rhymes. I mean it. Anybody, Anybody want, want a peanut? peanut? <laughs> <laughs> so I was good. so upset. Yeah. So yeah. Good. yeah. 
I'm sorry. I, yeah. I apologize <laughs> for my past self. Yeah, that's okay. Because um, yeah. you like hated on it for like a year. I, I remember. Was, I was just not. You were like, ah, it's cheaply made. We're like, well, yeah. yeah. But, that's a, but <laughs> just I, because a movie is cheaply made does not mean that it is bad. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to make up an excuse or anything, but <laughs> I can remember. I don't know what kind of thing it was, but when I watched it the first time, like my eyes could see the sets and it was just like I was just seeing it for, yeah. the, for the fakeness or whatever I, yeah. I, but you, then when I watched it the second time it completely yeah, yeah. All you completely went into the and story I, and it's I, very different when and you I that, totally yeah. suspended disbelief and I was like mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know what happened the first time. I just didn't yeah. Yeah, want to see it, I guess. Yeah. But that one, if you haven't seen that one or you didn't mm-hmm. like that one, I recommend giving that one a second chance as well. Yeah, cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's it's up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any other ones that you can Soon I will be giving Office Space a second chance. Oh, yeah. I have not oh, seen that one a like second time, time I did not. I was not working at the time. I was like a high school student. So now that I've been working for a couple couple years now or more um i may enjoy it more so i, think, I will give that a second chance i might try soon. i might give bridesmaids a second chance oh yeah i don't know and just to shout out another one just to uh be uh you know relevant to what time what's oh, yeah. happening right now um the the godzilla movie from 2015 <laughs> starring brian cranston and uh the guy from Kick-Ass that I forgot his name. That was enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, a lot of Godzilla fans like it, but other people just are like, they didn't mm-hmm. show enough Godzilla, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. They Legendary has got a really cool take on Godzilla, so give that one another mm-hmm. shot. I, yeah. won't, I don't need to talk about that one too much, but I'd put yeah. that up there on second chances. Okay. Sure. All right. All right. Well. There you go. Did we do it? I think we did it. I think we did it. I think we. Well, that's time. That's uh, that's gonna be a lot to yeah. go through. <laughs> well, it's that time again where we have to end the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you for listening, as always. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you so much for your time. And you can subscribe even if you think Disney and Pixar are the same. Yes. No, yeah. No, no, no. no actually, never we, mind. We we disagree. We don't want to see your comments. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real one. I think. No, no, no. Um. And uh, check us out. Follow us on Instagram uh, as well. And mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah. You'll be all up to date on everything if you follow those two. Uh, and you can platforms. visit You can visit our blog. Visit our blog. We'll post about each episode and give mm-hmm. some more tidbits and stuff. Or send links to uh, articles if we reference them. Stuff like that. Um, you can check it out probably. There's, there's probably a link somewhere right mm-hmm. now. So um, thank you again for listening. Thanks. It's been great. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.